Welcome to the Christian Family Care Podcast. My name is Scott Horde, and I am the training manager here at Christian Family Care. At Christian Family Care, we do a lot of services. We provide a lot of services, and one of the services we provide is counseling. And we have lots of different kinds of counseling, but mainly counseling to children who have experienced trauma in their lives. And one of the greatest way we find to help a child not only learn a uh, learn about their own identity and develop that, but also help them reduce stress and to uh, experience bonding with their own family is through play, through learning and activities, enjoyable learning activities. So today we have Sarah Earls, and she is one of our counselors here at Christian Family Care, and she's going to tell us a little bit about some of these learning activities. So thanks for being here, Sarah, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just launch right into our conversation. How's that sound? Yeah, thanks for having me here today, Scott. Yeah. Um, my name is Sarah Earls. I'm a child and family therapist here at Christian Family Care. I've been here um, a little over a year, and then I have some previous experience that I was um, doing counseling with kids before this. So I work mm-hmm. probably right now from kids mm, 5 to 17. Um, I do a few adults here and there, but mm-hmm. um, children are my specialty. And overall, mm-hmm. um a lot of our department works with trauma and attachment specifically because we want to support all of our adoptive families. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, um, just want to talk about enjoyable activities. I think it can be tempting when we're having kids who are struggling with their behaviors to take those away and just say, you're grounded. You know, you right. get to go to school, you do your chores, you know, you eat and you go to your room. But enjoyable activities are really a necessary part of kids healing, of them learning and growing and becoming their best mm-hmm. selves. Yeah, so enjoyable activities. So tell us a little bit about what that means. What does it mean, enjoyable activities? So enjoyable activities, I, I primarily think of play. Yeah, um, we often right. say play is the language of kids. Um, but really, I think all of us need play. If you read like people like Brene Brown or other people who talk about um, wholehearted living as adults, adults need play too. We need that that rhythm kind of you know that God established for us when he you know, it said work six days and rest the seventh. It's that idea of rest. um, But it also comes through enjoying the life, the lives that we've been given. Um, So maybe that's, maybe that's drawing, maybe that's riding a bike, maybe that's doing a game. Um, It looks different for different people, but the idea is something that brings happiness. It brings some of those positive emotions that we're trying to ultimately help the child get more of through Mm -hmm. the counseling process. Yeah. And so you incorporate that into your counseling. And uh, so how does that, how does that work to do um, use the play in your counseling, right? Yeah. So the way that I approach therapy is really to make it a play session. And then we yeah. incorporate therapeutic elements versus yeah. bringing a kid into a room and being like, we're going to address your trauma today. Right. Yeah, that doesn't exactly. really Sit work. Down, let's talk about um, it. <laughs> it's scary. So play helps me build rapport with them. It helps yeah. them feel safe. A lot of kids don't have words. So play is a way that they can um, express some of what they're going through. Um, I would differentiate the therapy that I do and the play yeah. that I use in therapy from enjoyable activities because it is play with a purpose. What I want to encourage today is enjoyable activities just for the purpose of the child and enjoying their lives, having fun, um, kind of what you mentioned that it reduces stress to build their identity, mm-hmm. um, to help them learn skills, that kind of thing. Ah, okay, good. So so what you wanted to share with us today is really just general activities, general play, and then, and how that just helps develop a child. And you talked about uh, 
developing their healthy identity. How does play work into that? Yeah, so play is a good place for a child to explore different activities and figure out what they like and don't like. So, you know, maybe one day they go out and play in the mud and they discover, I don't really like the way this feels. Like, it's squishy, it's dirty, I don't I don't like it. So maybe the next day they try Play-Doh. They're using their creative influences, but they're figuring out what fits for them, you know? So some kids, you know, the way this would work out long-term is they might think, ooh, I like playing in the mud. I want to, you know, explore building. I want to explore construction. I like this kind of let's get down and dirty. Let's make something out of nothing. Or, you know, that really doesn't work for me. I'm more of an indoor person. I prefer to create in different ways. Um, Maybe they don't like working with their hands. Maybe they like um, doing something like verbal expression, acting, um, writing, doing some type of... um, speech and debate. So you can see like little, little steps that kids take are going to help them develop their identity. Um, mm-hmm. overall play is also a place to, um, you know, kind of test out social relationships. Mm-hmm. I would argue that as an adult, you need to learn how to interact with all kinds of people and be respectful and polite, but you're going to gravitate towards certain people. You know, these are my best friends. These are the people that I share my life with. And these are the people that I need to be respectful and tolerant of in the workplace and then go home to my people. Mm. Um, so that's another important aspect of wow. play. Wow, so all those things. So really play is non-negotiable for a child because without that, that, that opportunity to express themselves, they don't know how to develop who they are. So it's really, really important. Yeah, we're really going to stunt the growth of kids if we prevent mm. them from playing. Mm-hmm. And what what are some ways that maybe play is prevented, or is you know what I mean? Like, what can we do to to avoid things that will restrict play? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think I think there's a lot of things to consider. Um, mm-hmm. You know. When you're looking into schools, if you have school choice, see what they offer as far as play. Mm -hmm. Some schools don't really provide places for kids to play, time for kids to play. Um, There's a lot of debate nationally about recess and the importance of it. There's quite a bit of literature to support that it is really important. So, you know, when parents have the opportunity to make a choice about schools, that's something that they might want to consider. Parents can also build it into their day, whether it's going early to school Mm -hmm. and stopping by a park on the way and letting their child play outside or building in time in the morning routine to say, let's sit down and do a puzzle together or let's sit down and do some beads. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll probably talk about it a little later, but play is also important for family identity and bonding. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, kids coming home from school and saying, you know, Let's let's work on our bead necklace that we're working on, or mm-hmm. you know, let's let's explore this thing. You can also build play into things like snack time. If you're okay with your kid playing with their food, you can make peanut butter play doh. You can let them craft <laughs> their own snack, or make a picture with their Ritz crackers and cheese. You know, mm. there's there's a lot of different ways to build it into the schedule, but I think that parents need to really be intentional about it, mm-hmm. especially if they have children who are struggling. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. It sounds like what you're saying is it's important to be intentional. It's important yes. to, to think through and how can I find time in my schedule today to help my child just play 
And uh, yeah, for parents, it's it's hard because you know, like you said earlier, you know, we're focused on on you got to do your homework, or you got to do this, you know, there's chores to do, and parents are always you know thinking of the what's next. Mm-hmm. Whereas a child, they, probably, they don't think about that. And uh, so that is important, intentional. Yeah. And you listed some ways that parents can, can be intentional. Um, and so, so that's helping them develop who they are, their identity, socially, you mentioned. Um, and then also, uh, also it helps, you, you mentioned that it also helps them in their daily life when they experience stress. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so play can be kind of like a release valve. Mm. Um, depends on the type of play, but play can be what we call upregulating. So it's energetic releasing of energy or it can be downregulating. Okay. So it's calming, it's slowing them down. So if somebody is stressed, they might need to go run around the playground, run around the house, outside probably is preferable, yeah. <laughs> um, run around the block, whatever it is to kind of release some stress. Or maybe it's that they need a chance to calm down and kind of recenter. Um, play also builds those positive emotions, which help increase resilience. And resilience is what kids are going to need to recover. So if they make a bad decision. Maybe they get a consequence. They're upset about it. Mm-hmm. Then that resilience helps them recover versus stay kind of in that shame and blame of like, I'm a bad kid. I can't do anything right. So I'm just going to be bad. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing it breaks them out of that cycle. Yeah, exactly. And and I was thinking what while you're saying that you're talking about a parent who uh you know has a schedule to keep and these this this and that. And so they need to figure out ways to be more intentional about that to help with that stress. What are some ways that that parents can really be more intentional? Does that make sense? Yeah, I really think that a part of it comes down to scheduling, especially if kids are in school. Um, that's a lot of sitting and, Mm -hmm. you know, right now during the COVID epidemic, we're having kids who are even more contained than they normally are. Um, from what I've heard across from parents from across different districts is, you know, the kids are really limited in even who they're allowed to play with, how they're allowed to play, um, that type of thing. So I think it's important that parents consider that and maybe build some extra intentional time again, like, okay, does that mean that when we come home, instead of starting right into snack or homework that we build in some play or that I, you know, set up some music and I let them dance or, you know, um, maybe, maybe we put on something in the car to help them kind of have some play on the way home. I think that's really important that it's, it's really almost pre-planned. There's definitely a place for spontaneous play, but I think as many tasks as families have to do, it can get lost if it's not intentionally put on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that as far as the interaction, you know, in bonding and how that builds into the whole relationship with the family. Uh, what can you, how can you, we incorporate play into that whole aspect of bonding? Yeah. So I think part of what play does for families is it helps them have the same enjoyable experiences and kind of, um, form an identity. So maybe it's, you know, our family goes to the park a lot or our family hikes or our family plays Uno or Scrabble, depending on the age of the child. Um, so it kind of gives them a common language. And then within that that sphere kind of says like, okay, this is something that we do that's special to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to picture it as kind of a cup. If you're filling your cup with enjoyable experiences, then when mom or dad says, you know, hey, junior, 
I need you to do this. It's not like junior feels like all mom or dad does is yell at me. It's, oh, you know, I remember last night we played this game together and this morning, you know, mom danced with me before we went out the door to school and, you know, they, they gave me a fun note or a, you know, a dot to dot to do in my lunch at work or, or not work at school. Um, yeah. And now, okay, it's really irritating that I'm getting asked to pick up my socks, but I know that we can have fun together and that my parents really love me. Ah, okay. That's excellent. So it kind of helps. It helps when there's those times where they, they have to do some specific task or, or maybe they're, they're being disobedient. And so, uh, you've got a parent that's working with a child that's experienced a lot of trauma that maybe is, has lots of behaviors. Um, so you're, you're incorporating the play in that to help during those times, uh, of maybe disobedience or that kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think it's again, that the, the cup metaphor that I'm using is Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. there's something in the cup. So the child's, um, like irritation level isn't at its highest. There's been some things that have helped them release the stress. So it's not like we're just adding, um, keeping things on them. They've got some enjoyable things. They Mm -hmm. have had some experiences where they've had positive interactions with the caregiver rather than thinking all I ever do is get griped at. Yeah. Yeah. And the positive experiences, they, they basically uh, multiply more positive experiences Mm -hmm. because they felt good about being with the adult. And so they look forward to uh, those positive and the adult feels good about giving a positive experience because Mm -hmm. they had a positive experience with the child. And so it, it motivates the, the parent to maybe even do more activities together. Whereas, whereas I've noticed that if a parent is, is constantly focused on discipline or uh, that kind of thing, then, then that's really what their shared experience is. Their shared experience is negative. Right. <laughs> in and a we're, sense. we're mostly talking about the importance of enjoyable activities for kids today, but I think it's also important for our parents. Yeah. Tell us about that. The enjoyable activities, engaging in play with the child, enable the parent to see the child's inner strength, inner resilience, the fun parts of their kid. And I think that can get really lost. And then Mm -hmm. it gets really discouraging for parents of like, I just have little junior who all they can do is yell at me and break the rules and get notes home from school versus, you know, I saw little junior really enjoying running around the park yesterday. I saw a little junior, you know, give give some bread to the ducks. Um, there's something good in my child, which I would argue because yeah. everybody's created in the image of God. There is something good in every child, and play allows the parents to see that, and hopefully helps fill the parents' cup so that when they have to give those reminders, those reinforcements of, you know, you need to do this, or we're not being safe here then they know they're doing it because they value their child and they've seen the good in that child. Yeah. Yeah. That's so excellent. And, and I, and I know that sometimes when uh, parents come to the counseling session, sometimes they're not sure why, why, why there's a lot of games, a lot of playing, a lot of activities, and they may think that counseling for children is, Hey, let's share about your problems. (laughs) But you find that the, activities help you with your therapy as well. 
Yeah. And I would say if you, you took a look at my sessions without any noise and didn't hear what was going on, you'd probably think that all I do is play with kids all day long. Yeah. What I do is I play with kids, but I use it for a therapeutic purpose. Oh. So I try to infuse the activities with what we're trying to work on in therapy. Mm -hmm. And I use play for the same reasons that I'm encouraging families to use it. Right. It helps reduce the kids stress. It helps them feel comfortable. It helps them build rapport mm -hmm. and it helps us work on their goals. And so again, I kind of use that up-regulating structure, down-regulating structure. So mm -hmm. a lot of times you'll see me badly dancing to go noodle with kids because they need to let some energy out. Ah. Kids are not like adults. They're not going to sit on my couch for the most part and tell me what their problems right. are. A lot of them don't even have language for their problems. A lot of our kids have had pre-verbal trauma. So the only way that they can get it out is through either behavior, which is typically not preferred, or some type of play. So when we do in-person therapy, we'll do a lot of sand tray, um, we'll do drawing, we'll do puppet shows, stuffed animals, that type of thing, because it really helps the child work out what might be stuck inside them without words. Again, if you look at it from the outside, it may just look like play. There's a purpose behind it. Wow. Purposeful play. Yes. Very uh, purposeful. That's excellent. Wow. That's, that's so helpful. All right. Well, sounds good. Um, anything else about the, the enjoyable activities and the play that uh, you wanted to add? I think we covered pretty much everything related to that. Yeah. I would just encourage our families if they are, um, working with a counselor to talk to their counselor if they're having trouble building yeah. play in. Cause I think sometimes it can really get hard to figure out what do I even do? Because for some parents they feel like, Oh, if I give my child something rewarding, it's going to be, you know, encouraging them to have bad behavior. Yeah, Shouldn't it make them yeah. earn it? Yeah. I would argue that kids have worth regardless of their behavior. And we need to give kids play regardless of whether or not we feel like they've earned it. Cause when we take mm -hmm. it away, we're just accentuating the bad and exacerbating the problem. Yeah. And, and could you use play and positive reinforcement as well? Yeah. Uh, when they do something uh, positive, you, that could be a rewarding opportunity too, I guess. Yeah. And I, again, like I would say to our families that have services either here or elsewhere for counseling, mm -hmm. talk to your counselor about that because for different children, the kind of behavior charts, um, can be ineffective. Yeah. Um, so I just right. want to say to our families, play. Like, don't don't overcomplicate it. it. Doesn't mean we have to have expensive electronics, expensive equipment, maybe even access to a park. I know sometimes that's been limited during these pandemic times. But there's yeah. there's ways to play, regardless of where you are, regardless of what your quote unquote resources are. Um, and it's good for parents too to kind of tap into themselves and access that play. Wow, that is awesome. Thank you so much. That's so helpful. And uh, uh, we will just definitely try to apply some of those things to our, our families and to our children. So thanks for uh, joining us today. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. 
Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.